morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Tea and Converse podcast. I'm Shakira Sabira. It's a Today's topic is It's really hard to find that, and let's say I have like ten boxes. So, jumping into this episode of marriage, why are so many Muslim men and women not married, mostly in their twenties and thirties? Why aren't Muslim couples getting married anymore? Could it be to do with finance? What do you think, Zainab? Is finance an actual reason why so many Muslim people are not married at the moment? I feel like people are using finance more of a, as an excuse mm. than like an actual substantial reason for it. Because I know people who work um, a very basic nine to five jobs and they're married and they're happily married and. Mm. Um, I know other people who are millionaires and like they're married and they're not happy it, I don't think it has anything to do with finance I feel like um, a lot of time like you can build an empire together we've had that time and time and again you can build finance together you can build something together if you're if you're both motivated you can push each other to be better to grow your finances and like one day you could be broke the next day you could be rich and you never know in this life what's going to happen true i think that it's an excuse that people make and also i think it's like society has made us think that we need our homes and we need our lives to look a certain way you know you have the whole cul-de-sac little house semi-detached house with a garden the American dream type of lifestyle, two cars, one for the kids and the wife, one for the guy, and he goes to a nine to five and everything's pretty and nice. I think that we have false expectations. So by that, people use the excuse of, wait, I can't get married yet. I need more money. I can't get married yet. I need to become a manager. I can't get married yet. I need to become a supervisor. You know, I think it's just excuses. I'm not saying that a man could genuinely want to get more money before he gets married. Like he knows, let's say he's got nothing to the point where he's sleeping in somebody's house. If you're a woman who's who you're like, nah, you need to figure yourself out first. Okay, fine. But you know, there are women who will marry you and then you'll work up from there together. So what about expectations? What do you, do you think that we put too much, ex, too many expectations on each other or on ourselves? Yeah, I think as you get older, for me personally, my expectations get higher because mm. I know exactly what I'm looking for in terms of getting married. I know what I want. I have an idea in my head of this um, perfect man. Like in my in my eyes, that would be the perfect person. But in reality, like of different things that I'm looking for in a man. And if those ten boxes, for example, they don't get ticked, and then I'm just like oh, okay, no, I'm not giving this person a chance enough for me to even get married to him. So you're saying you have to, do you need to lower your expectations then? I wouldn't say lower my expectation, but I feel like my expectation can be too high sometimes. But it's my, it's it's how I expect someone to be. That person doesn't tick it, that person doesn't tick it. I, I don't know. But would you remove some of your expectations? If, if somebody comes along and he ticks, let's say, five of the ten, would you 
keep it moving because you're like, would you ignore him and push him to the side if he only ticks five of this of the ten uh good question i'll give it a, a charm but like i'm not gonna be like super enthusiastic about mm. this person i'm not gonna be like giving him a like a fair chance compared to somebody who ticks more of the boxes and that's how it is what if someone ticks three of the of the ten yeah next <laughs> yeah they can go bye <laughs> sorry bye Oh my god. Okay, well, I think I have extremely low expectations. Yeah, I'm just gonna go off the total 10, the list of 10. Muslim. Given. That's it. The times in my life where I've really just put my hands up and said, all right, whatever happens, happens. Like, okay, let's, let me be honest. If a guy turns up, so he has one tooth, his hairline is way back, and I'm just not feeling him, you know, and his attitude is like, oh off you know he's being too pushy he thinks he's right all the time his ego is just too big even if his face was he had all his teeth and he was good looking if his attitude was nasty i'm telling you i can't even look in that direction you know and another thing which i think is it's not a good thing about myself but i think i'm attracted to men who what catches my eye is someone's sincerity Mm. and someone who feels more than just the surface level of feelings. That's what I mean by sad. Not someone who's a depressive, but someone who, if I speak to you, there is more to you than just your name is so-and-so, you're from so-and-so, and and you work hence, and this is what you do for work. Someone who has depth, someone who has substance, someone who, like, Mm. that is literally what I'm attracted to. You could be the ugliest guy physically but if i see that spark in your eye that's what draws me in that for me is the initial attraction not so much what you look like physically because if i tell you if you look at my history of men straight away you would know yeah she doesn't (laughs) if you look at my history of men you will see that i don't have (laughs) I actually don't have any expectations because an actual type. I don't have a type, you know? So it is that little bit of spark, that little bit of intrigue. Um, but of course, everybody's different. <clears throat> Brave mm. enough. Relaxed about not getting... Mm. They turned in, they just stayed in, nobody was getting married. Jumping into this question, no, I don't want to say jumping into this question. A lot of men don't think they need to get married. And a lot of women think they don't need to get married. They're living their lives, they can do what they want, you know, whether they're professionals or not, they're living their life. They don't need anybody else to enter their lives. And because of the way society has become now, we all have male friends. When I say all, of course, not all of us have male friends, but a large majority of Muslim women from the West have male friends. Of course, there's some sort of, there's a difference between having a male friend and a, and a female friend for most Muslim women. You know, there's certain things that you shouldn't do. I say this personally as a Muslim woman. For instance, let's say you have a guy friend, you shouldn't be going to his house and sleeping over his house. there's certain things whether he's your friend or not there's certain there's a certain way muslim women need to carry themselves and i'm just going to say this 
I feel like there's a lot of Muslim women who think that they don't need to do that. We accept the differences because we are Muslim women and we are from the West. We are Londoners. If we're speaking about anything specific, it goes back to where we're from and our our religious background. Yeah. So saying that, I don't think women can be friends with women, with men, the same way they can be friends with women. Put in a line underneath that, which is probably something we can speak about in the future also. But put in a line underneath that right now and they think they can do whatever they want to do and there should be no consequences. I think when it comes down to it personally, and I think on this podcast generally, we see the differences. I can go onto my phone and I can speak to a man, not in a weird way, but I can speak to a male friend if I wanted to. I can message him and say, how are you? I have that. I can have a relationship with a man in a non-marriage and non-sexual way, in a very platonic way. Because of that, I think a lot of women now, they don't feel like they need to, they don't feel like they need to be married because they have these men around them and it's just chill. It's so much more chill to be around a man. Maybe, you know, you go to an event and he's there and he's cute and you smile, you talk a bit um, and then you go home and it's finished. You get that excitement, you get that adrenaline, you get to quote unquote show off as a woman and then you're done and khalas is not that it's not that deep and you go back home and everything's fine and talk to them and be around them and then afterwards that's it i feel as though because of how relaxed our society is and i'm not saying this relaxation is a bad thing or a good thing but because of how our society is in the west and let me say again i'm not talking for people in pakistan afghanistan and syria like i'm talking about here london is west um people have become too relaxed so now you don't need to get married because what is the point yeah i would say like people are too relaxed they're just um for me personally i don't have guy friends Mm. i don't want to have guy friends i'm not friends with guys sorry you're not my guys who i consider like my brothers yeah more than a friend and i wouldn't hang out with them on my own i'd hang out in a group personally i don't think a girl and a guy can be friends Mm. and um We'll talk about that, but yeah, as we said in the future. But like, I think people are just too chill. So like, for example, even me, I've been in that situation where I've been online dating and I've enjoyed it too much where I'm like, oh, what's the point of getting married? Mm. If I'm going out on a date every now and then and having like fun and just like, it's just a chill day, you know, like you're going to like, a lot of people are going to shisha places and mm. just chilling and just kicking it about or whatever. They're not really thinking about marriage anymore they're like what's the point of getting married when you can just you know date and just have fun and not have that hardship of marriage i think that goes into two points so how can we let's say we now want to fix this situation of what we believe to be an issue that men and women aren't getting married a lot of them aren't getting married because of the fact that we have become very relaxed in our society can this be reversed and what's how do we get around it i think like let's say you go out on a few dates you like this person make it quite serious make it known that you like this person make it known that you're not just there as friends and you see an end goal and your end goal and your intention is to get married so that you don't you're not in this limbo where are we friends are we dating what are we doing with our lives kind of thing that's how i see it for me when i go out with people or or I'm online dating I make my intention known I'm here for a serious thing I'm a very serious person and I'm just looking to get married if you that's the end goal for me if you don't like it bye mm. 
I don't care what you want to do with your life. But that's me. You're you're not on that same wavelength. You don't want marriage at the end of it. Then I don't know. We can't talk. That's it. Yeah, I think so too. I think that a lot of people they don't make their intentions clear in the beginning, or they just expect the other person to just be the same as them. When people are different, you know, they just expect this girl to be serious. They just expect this guy to be serious. And then when it comes down to it, and they're not serious, they get a bit like, oh. But then again. <clears throat> Going back to the fact that I don't think men and women can be friends. Some men and women can be friends. Mm. Yeah, I have male acquaintances, male friends who know about me and who I will speak to for advice and stuff like that. However, when I say male friends... There's boundaries, though. There's boundaries. There's so many boundaries. There's You're not close. That even if I feel like we're close, as in he, I can tell him, you know, what's going on in my life... There's a boundary there. There's certain things that he will never say. And if he said them, it would be like, uh, boom, finish. Who was that again? I want to ask this question first. After we've put out our online dating and social media, all of that, yeah. I have a question. Where are the Muslim men? <laughs> Where are they? Good question. I don't know. Where are they? Where did they go? Is there any Muslims out there? The men? Hello, assalamu alaikum. Hello? I don't think so. Because you lot are hiding. I don't know him. It's a very fine line, but there's certain things that men, Muslim men, cannot do to a Muslim woman. There are so many Muslim women that we even know. Do you know what I mean? Where are the men? Why are these, why are we searching for men? Where are they? Where are they? Please tell me. Or maybe we should... Some people say maybe we shouldn't search. So then what? We but just sit here we and search, wait for them. If we search or not, they're still not coming. Well, we just sit in our castle and wait for the prince to come to us. There's no such thing. It's Where are Muslim men? Where are they? What are they doing? Where are they hiding? And why are the Muslim men... I'm just going to say it. Muzmatch has 4, billion, 4 million people, yeah? Why are the men not on the level? I know that me and more than and my friends, me and my friends know that out of the four million men on Muzmatch, maybe ten percent are marriageable. Maybe ten percent are marriage material. They're not all right, these men, and they're Muslim. Where are the normal Muslim men? Where are they? I don't think they're on an online dating app. Well, maybe they are. So, are there four million of them? Where are the ones that are above five foot four, have good jobs, who are just kind people in tune with their feelings and want to build empires with women? Where are they? Oh, let's add on to that. Not racist. Where are they? Good question. Not misogynistic. Where are they? Good question. Because I've not met... Okay, let's not say I've not met many. I've met a few good Muslim brothers out there. Um, or guys, whatever. But like, out of all the men you've dated, they're not marriage material. I I don't see myself married to them. I'm not gonna lie, because like marriage isn't just you're gonna get married and it's just about you two. But you have to think about your your future, your children. Like, let's say me and this person get married and we have children. Can I trust leaving him with my children for the weekend? No, 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 no. Do you think there was one 
who fit the bill. I thought at the time that this person fit the bill. And even now, I kind of do think that he could be marriage material, but I, th- I think he has... Like, I feel like a lot of men have something missing about them. There's something missing these days. There's just... There's, what is it? What is, it's what very basic criteria that they're missing. They're, it's just simple, simple, simple things. Simple things. But are those things simple, then? Yeah, they are. So how? So, let's say a guy turns around. Forget the finance because we've been through that, and we say it's not a, it's not an issue. Yeah? yeah. So let's say he had a previous relationship with a girl, didn't end up marrying her, and he's heartbroken. Let's say, or he's been married before and it didn't go well. Actually, forget the guy who's been married before. Let's say he had a relationship it didn't go well. And he's entering the relationship with you now and he has all that baggage. How do you move past that to make him marriage material? What does he have to do to get to the point where he can now get married? I think he should take some time out himself, heal from that, move on from the situation, like have nothing coming with him from that previous relationship into a new relationship. Because like a lot of women don't go in there with baggage. Mm. Well, I don't know about, like, other women. Me and my friends, like, let's say we're dating someone and it didn't work out. A lot of people that I know, we take some time out, we work on ourselves, we heal from it, and then we move on to the next person. We move on to try and date again. I feel like a lot of men don't do that. And I don't know. That's just from me and my experience on how I see that. No, I've seen that a lot as well. Men are really fast to jump into relationships when they when they become single. From experience, having men sit down and talk to me, they'll jump from one relationship, jump, dive off the board, boom, into another relationship. They've not even had enough time to process how they're feeling. They don't have enough time to process anything. They just jump into another relationship. And then two months down the line, he might actually really like this new girl, she really likes him. They want to get married. And then the trauma is going to manifest in different ways here and there, here and there. It's going to come out as, I'm scared. I'm too scared to get married. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need. Then it turns into, oh, I need to become financially stable. An excuse. Oh, I want to become a manager first or get this job or do this degree. And then I'll be ready. It's just they become scared. You know, I think people, not only men, People have have become scared of marriage for a number of reasons, but the reason that I want to mention now, the scary bedtime stories. <laughs> the stories your auntie and uncles tell you. The story yeah. of, you know, he was so bad and it was such a bad marriage and marriage is hard and marriage is this and marriage is that and you're going to want to kill him and this one killed that. No, I think people have really, like even me growing up, I think... The stories I was hearing or stories I was experiencing around me, yeah, wasn't they weren't great. You yeah. know, the man's bossy and the man's rude and he does this and that and then he did that to the woman and she had to leave him. All the stories didn't have these happy endings that Disney promised. You know, all of these stories were horrible and hard. And growing up, then you turn up, then you turn around and you're like, wait, so why do I need to get married? Why is society saying that I should get married? 
And then the excuse of, or not excuse, but the reason that everyone likes to pull out is marriage is half your deen. They, they, they say that they're, oh, they're not perfectly ready because of their financial situations. Mm. I've had that. Mm. Or they just like haven't healed from the past mm. traumas. So they have like a lot of baggage that they're carrying. Okay, but why would I want to complete half of my deen that way? There are other ways to complete half of your deen. So why would I want to do that when I've heard all these stories of how marriage is hard, marriage... I'm not going to lie, marriage isn't easy. It's not the easiest thing you've done in the world. It takes work and it takes two people choosing each other every single day. And if one day comes about and one of these, one of them, one of the two, doesn't choose the other, then you start having breakdowns of marriages and things like that. Of course, there's loads of different other aspects to it. Mm. And obviously, we're not talking about divorce right now. But these scary stories have created a fear in us, a deep-rooted fear of us not wanting to get married. Oh, I've had so many stories. I've seen so many stories of, like, even um, someone's husband going back home and, get like, mm. marrying and having a second wife and things like that. Then I'm thinking, do I want to be a second wife? God, no. Like, so why do I want to get married in the first place? And, like, um, a lot of aunties and uncles, like, around us had, like, really, really bad marriages. And then you're just like, oh, so this person and this person has a bad marriage. Where's the good marriages at? Nobody ever talks about them. They're not around. Mm. And so you grow up with this whole... It becomes a fear of commitment sometimes as well, a little bit. You're like, if I don't commit to someone, then it doesn't get to marriage. Then I don't need to have a marriage breakdown. Then there's no divorce. There's no heartbreak. No. There's not none of that. Or people talking and say, no, you're not divorced or whatever. Yeah. And like, once you're divorced, then you try to get remarried. That's a whole please, please other not, subject. Please. That's a whole other subject. And the disrespect that men want to show you once you've been divorced. The dis- men are so disrespectful. No, I'm sorry, men, but you lot are disrespectful. I mean, we'll talk about it in another Yeah, you lot are disrespectful. And I understand why women would not want to get married. Like, instead of going through all of that hardship of the divorce, you know, why don't you just be in a relationship with him? Not that deep, like, not nikah, you're not sleeping together, but you're in a relationship, you're going on dates, you're having that, that relationship type you know, and then there's no consequences. And I think this leads very nice. Yeah, and it's like you wouldn't want to commit to someone without, like, knowing them properly. And then it's like you're sitting there two, three months trying to really get to know this person before you commit. But when you're doing that and you're really taking your time and you're really, like, dragging it out to to do the nikah and to get married and things it becomes sort of like just a relationship without the commitment i think there's no consequences also there's no consequences if you're not married if you haven't done nikah there's no consequences because if you leave or you break up it makes no difference in the eyes of people it makes no difference in the eyes of even yourself there's no idea if you break up with some random guy there's only idea if you Ida means this time period, the three months after you go through a divorce where 
it's a time where you can return to that person without going through a whole nikah or anything like that. Um, so there's no idea when it comes to breakups if you're normal. So there's no commitment. There's no consequences. There's nothing. You just break up, get with someone else, break up, get with someone else. Um, I think people are scared to commit. Commitment is scary, you know. You even think about committing to uh, the way you eat, you know, like becoming vegan or changing, becoming pescatarian or something like that. It's a commitment and it comes with a lot of responsibility, you know, because you make a promise to yourself, especially when you look at commitments and promises. Like if I want to become a vegan and I just tell, I don't tell anyone and I just become a vegan myself, there is no consequences to my actions. If tomorrow I go and I eat a ribeye steak, no one knows. It's just between mm. me and myself and I. Marriage isn't that way. There's going to be an imam. Even if you're a divorcee and you don't believe that you need an imam, there's going to be an imam there. Your witnesses, you, that there's more people. So there are there will be a consequence. If you hurt this person, there are consequences. Mm. If you cheat, there are consequences. If you do not try at this marriage, there are consequences. The fact that marriage has these consequences and these commitments, I think, puts people off. Because we're already hearing all of these stories about marriage is hard. And then you're being told, no, you need to actually make a commitment to this person. And all you believe, all you're manifesting into your marriage is hardship, is error, is a heartbreak. You're manifesting everything into this marriage. And then you enter this marriage and then boom, the first time you have heartbreak, the first argument, the first really huge argument, the first altercation, everything, it becomes so much more. It's like, yes, this is what people said. People said this is going to be hard. So-and-so got divorced because of this. So-and-so got divorced because of this. And then before you know it, you're divorced. There's no working on things. And one of the reasons is because people only speak about bad marriages. I would love to sit down and hear Muslim couples talk about, mm. you know what, this was what this is what my marriage is like you know this is what I do to make sure she's happy this is what I do to make sure he's happy this is how we got through certain uh, hurdles in our in our marriage and actually listening to Muslim couples would be really beautiful and beneficial no there are good marriages and I've heard of good marriages um I actually have a friend who always tells me about the good things about marriages and she tries to really like shed a good light because I'm not married and she's always tries to show it in a way where it appeals to me to get married so sometimes I think oh okay she has a good marriage and like maybe I should look for someone to get married to um there's even like I've mentioned it probably in other episodes but there are even people who are older and they've been divorced and remarried and um they're really happy and you do see it sometimes you hear about them sometimes but they don't really give advice i feel like you don't hear all of it there's not shed light too much on the on the good marriages and i don't know why that is like i think we should normalize talking about good marriages mm. talking about um so and so his marriage is so good this is what she does and this is what he does for her and that's how they sustain a really good marriage. It's through this and this and that 
and you know keeping the spark alive in their marriage by going out and doing dating and things having sabor sabor oh god that's yeah. a big one god knows i'm a very patient person <laughs> yeah but there is some things that will piss me off and i i will be done like i have sabor to a point i have patience to a point and in marriage you have to have a lot of patience you know you have to have to have a lot of patience i see it as we give ourselves we are very patient with ourselves you know let's say you wanted to start this workout regime and you it's two weeks you did one day and then you didn't do the rest and then you started again and then you started again we let ourselves down all the time and we have patience with ourselves you know we have patience with ourselves so when you now enter a marriage and there's somebody else who's making these same mistakes or what you seem to be what you see as mistakes over and over and over again so people don't need to people don't have patience anymore because patience isn't seen as something that's needed anymore because everything is fast the amount of marriages that can be saved that could have been saved because of if someone had patience is it's not patience i had patience for for five months khalas. marriage isn't there's no time frame on marriage. If you have to be patient for five days, five months, or a year, or even more than that, if you think, if you're choosing, you need to take responsibility for the fact that you have chosen to have patience. Mm. You know? Patience is so, so important. So let's say we've looked at finance, we've looked at trauma, we've looked at all these things. How do you now get ready to get married? Very, very good, good question how do good good question how do you get ready to get married i think by like personally i am ready but i also sometimes don't feel like i'm fully ready because a lot of people say oh i want to travel oh i want to do this before i'm married oh i want to do that i want to like get up to my career top of it be on top before I get married oh I want to have this certain amount of money before I get married oh I want to have a car I want to have a driving license and so many so many so many so many things before I get married are these things really what you need to be ready to get married not really no I feel like you need to be in a good mind frame you need to be ready to be committed you need to have sabor you're ready to get married to them but when it comes there's so many different hardships before you get there that you're like, no, that's not the person for me. And no, I don't feel ready. If you don't feel ready, I think also if you don't feel ready that you want to get married, then it's not your time to get married. Go focus on other things. You don't have to be ready by a certain age or by having a certain thing or by having whatever to get married. You'll know within yourself when you're ready and it'll just happen like that. But that's what I think personally I think that I don't think there's I don't think there's anything you can do to be ready for marriage except one I think to be ready for marriage you must have a certain level of self-awareness if you don't have a certain level of self-awareness your marriage is not going to last unless the person you are with is mother Teresa your marriage is not going to last if you do not have self-awareness Okay, let's say everything, it ticks all the boxes. Financially stable, house, car, 
physically attractive, everything's great, cool. If this guy does not have any self-awareness, you're going to get married, an issue is going to arise, and he is not, you are not going to be able to fix the situation because he will not be taking any blame for anything. It's a compromise, it's a jigsaw puzzle. Some days it's going to be his fault, some days it's going to be your fault, some days it's going to be both of you, both of you should have slowed down and really listened to each other and communicated. You Some days you should have listened to each other properly and communicated, maybe you didn't, maybe you did. All of these things... If you do not have self-awareness, don't get married. And I'm talking to women and men. If you are not self-aware, if you can sit in an argument, yeah, and you think that that person is 100% wrong, everything they're saying is wrong, don't get married. If you are the type of person who cannot take criticism from an enemy, then you should not get married. If you are sitting somewhere and you get an argument with someone or you particular person you don't like and they come and say to you, you are very arrogant. If your re first reaction is anger, hatred, and there is no space to see if there is truth in the common and then working on that side of yourself, then don't get married. I feel like also you have to know yourself. If you don't know yourself, then the other person is going to think that they know you more than you know yourself. And I feel like that causes a lot of things, a lot of arguments. And if you're not, if you're not in love with yourself, then how can you expect someone else to love you? Like, that's a big thing that I always hear. And it's so true because if you're not pouring, if you don't have love pouring out from you, how can you give someone else love? think that's a, a way that you can get ready to get married like to love yourself to know yourself to work on yourself mentally physically everything that's I feel like that's a, a way to get ready I think it's a way but I don't think it's important because I don't think love is one of the main factors when it comes to marriage I think love comes a love love grows and love is much more than just love the feeling of love, the emotion of love. The reason why I'm saying that you need to have self-awareness and the difference between self-love and self-awareness is that self-love is the fact that you love yourself, flaws and all. We all know our flaws, you know, whether they may be physical flaws, like you don't, there's certain things about your body that you don't think are perfect or flaws as in like trauma that you may have in the past. You love and you accept it all and you do not, hold on to the sadness. I think that is what self-love is. Self-awareness is a whole different ball game. I know people who love themselves. I know a particular person who really, really loves themselves. And when you're around this person, you feel the love. You feel the love coming mm -hmm. and literally the energy around this person is strong and, and loving. Is this person self-aware? No. Is this person able to take criticism? No. Is this person going to get into an argument and, all right, the argument's ended now. When she goes back to herself and when, is she, when she's alone, is she really going to sit there and say, you know what, when that person said X, Y, and Z, although it was very painful to hear, is there truth? My mum always said something to me about... Um, 
take, listen to the words of your enemy. I'm paraphrasing here, but in not so many words, listen to the words of your enemy. If your enemy says something to you, or somebody who loves you says something to you in a state of anger, instead of reacting and pushing it away, we need to be able to take criticism. Because when you get married, it's like a pressure cooker. It really is a pressure cooker. You're in this pressure cooker with this other person that you know very well, or you don't know very well, or you're attracted to, or you're not, but you're married now. There's pressure from outside. There's pressure from work. There's pressure from there's pressure to be the perfect you can be for this person. There is so much pressure. You want to be right. You want to make them happy. You want to make this marriage last. You want to do all of these things. It is like a magnifying glass, and you will see all your traumas. You will see all of the the characteristics that you do not like about yourself. All of it will come forth, and it will be this pressure cooker. Now, if you're somebody who can't take the criticism, if you're somebody who you can't look at yourself, when you're in that marriage and you're in this pressure cooker, your marriage is going to blow up and it's finished, it's gone. This is advice that I wish I gave myself before I get, got married. This is advice that I, will, I give people now and I'll continue to give to people you have to have some sort of level of self-awareness. Self-awareness isn't just, you know, I'm a bad person, I need to, no. Self-awareness is when you can take responsibility for your actions, even if it doesn't feel good. You can take, you argue with your sister. If I have an argument with my sister, it took me years to get to this point, but now if I have an argument with my sister and I know that I'm in the wrong, without a shadow of a doubt, I will turn around and I'll say, you know what, I was wrong. And I'm sorry. And then you move past it. Admitting that you are wrong has so much power. So many people can't admit it. And then your marriage is falling apart because you can't just admit that that day you did something intentional and it hurt him and it was intentional. You did it because you wanted to hurt him because you were annoyed and you did it and that's it. And then you go on, you go up to him, look, X, Y, Z. I am genuinely sorry. I choose you and I want us to move forward from this. Okay, boom, you move, you move forward. And you haven't created this trauma because it's not, it's not trauma if you talk about it. It's not trauma if you release it and you, go, you get past it. Trauma is when you don't release it, you don't get past it. It's really heavy. It's really bad. It creates a trauma. It, it creates trauma. So genuinely and like really genuinely, if you are in love with somebody, if you're looking to get married, if you're hoping to get married one day, inshallah, and this is something that you one day want to do, please, before you enter a relationship with anyone, have some self-awareness. You can do this through therapy. You can do it through genuinely sitting down and, and, and experiencing things and asking yourself questions. You can do this by if someone says something to you and it sounds mean and it really make, it makes you feel some type of way, like someone tells you you're arrogant and it makes you feel some type of way, instead of being like, well, I'm not arrogant, stay in it. Stay in that place where you feel that uncomfortable sensation and really look into it. Why did they call me arrogant? Can I be arrogant sometimes? Why? 
dig deep and you'll find the roots of things and you'll find if you know this is a character trait and then you can find on how to fix that character trait or move forward from it and not you know put it onto other people but I genuinely believe that as I said self-awareness plays an enormous part enormous part in relationships and when I say that as someone who is a divorcee I say that knowing that there are certain things that have happened in my, my relationships that have been caused by lack of self-awareness. And now, being single, one thing that I am continuing, continuously working on is self-awareness. And this is the piece of advice I'll give to anyone in the world. The other thing is, I feel like... Um... One point is, like, our parents don't want us to date when we're younger. And, like, by us not dating, not having any experience of dating, um, I'm talking about, like, a lot of, like, Arab culture, a lot of, like, just Muslim in general. Like, it's haram today. Oh, don't look at a guy. Don't talk to him. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you're at uni. You have to have, um, as I said in some other episode, like your uni degree in one hand, the man in the other hand to get married. It's not realistic. It doesn't happen. It's like, how are we supposed to get married? How are we supposed to know how men are like if we're not dating them, if we're not dating? Or how are men supposed to know women if they're not dating? Why are we telling young people don't date? Why? How how are they going to get into a relationship? How are they going to know how it's like if they're not dating? I think... I personally encourage people to date when they're younger and see and like know what they want out of something because then you know what you want out of your marriage, you know what you want out of a guy and everything. You can't just now, because you now turn 30, oh my God, you have to get married. There's this whole like pressure and like a ticking time bomb to be getting married because your eggs are expiring and things that people say to you. Um, I've had like, People say to me, oh, because now you're 30, you're only going to, you're in your 30s, you're only going to get a divorcee guy or somebody who's widowed or somebody who has kids and you're not going to get a guy who's your age anymore because they're looking for younger girls and it's going to be so hard to find a guy now and, you know, but it's the end of the thing if you don't get married, it's the end of the world, like, that's it, there's nothing else for you going on in life. No, there are other things going on. Like, I understand that I've got to get married at some point, and I do want to get married, and I do want to find that person, but there's this whole pressure from people to get married. But then when we were younger, you told us not to date. So now we're 30, you you encourage us to go date, you encourage us to talk to to these guys that you set us up with, and we're supposed to quickly, quickly get married to them. Because there's this whole time ticking bomb that, like, you know, time's ticking and, like, we're getting older and that you get you have to get married and our parents are getting old so they want to see us married, they want to see their grandkids and things like that. I don't like that pressure. For me personally, it's a no. Like, I don't care what age I'll get married. Yeah, I get that a lot of, our, a lot of parents, you know, told you don't speak to men don't look at men a lot of culture comes in and said don't speak to men don't look at men and then you're just expected to find a husband as soon as your parents want you to i think dating what is dating quote-unquote tinder and dating islamically are two very different things 
Mm. Very, very, very different things. And because a lot of our parents come from back home, you know, and we settled here, and they don't have that whole idea of you have to date someone first or dating or getting to know more than one person. Dating was very much, to them, dating is a whole bunch of men come to the house and you choose, you know, or you go to an event or a wedding and whichever guy you have a little quick connection with and then khalas, you move on from there. Um, I don't think parents, a lot of parents know what dating is. And to them, it's just this foreign concept of what non-Muslims do. And we don't do that, you know. And then it's the whole thing of religion and culture getting mixed up and turning into something that it's not. So, yeah, I think it, it's just, it's a tricky one because what is dating Islamically? And how long does dating go on for? Doesn't dating cause much more heartbreak than necessary? Aren't women and men going through dating and going on dates with this guy islamically so i'm saying they're not sleeping together they're going on dates as in they're going on to places they're going to events they're getting to know each other's friends they've got this whole thing going on and then they break up and then you're left by yourself again but then you get to know people you get to know yourself by dating i feel like you get to know what you want in a marriage you get to know what you want in a guy but maybe that's my own views and how i think a lot of people might not think the same way as me, but that's how I see it. I feel like f- from like dating and things like that, now I know what I want in a marriage. Yeah, I do. But then again, I'm just like, how do you do that? But I, when I'm dating, I don't mean like, like I'm dating, like I go to, go to a coffee shop and we just sit in a cafe, we're chilling, we're talking, but we're talking on a serious level, we get to know each other and then maybe next week we go out on another date in a different environment like a fun activity or something then you get to know someone's character in like properly you know and then after like let's say two three months it becomes a bit more serious then you can get your parents involved then you can talk about the whole marriage and like then you can move it forward to nikah then to get married that's it I think we know my opinion on waiting to get married. And I can talk a bit more about it now because this is actually marriage episode. Get married quickly, please. I beg you. Just get married. When I say get married, I'm not saying do civil marriage and go to the courthouse and do the whole thing. No, I mean do the nikah. Make your relationship halal. Even if you it hasn't been long. Get married because making a relationship halal is so much more important than anything else. I think it comes down to society. We need to make marriage easier and we need to make, I know this is going to sound a bit weird, but we need to make divorce easier. Mm. Because nikah divorce isn't like civil marriage divorce. Everything is broken down and it takes, I don't know, six months to file for divorce or something like that. It's not. That's not the same thing. Um, I know Zainab has a completely different view of waiting two to three months and then moving on slowly. For me, if I meet a guy and I like this guy, he's ticking all the boxes, I'm attracted to him, he's attracted to me, and we seem to work on a level. Even if I've just met him and it's been like a couple of days, I know people have done it within a very short period of time. 
I don't agree doing it three days later, four days later. No, obviously. But once you speak and if you feel like this person, you can move forward with this person, then do so. Do But do it I feel like so many relationships break down and so marriages, so many marriages don't happen because you'll, they'll be like, okay, so in six months we were going to get engaged and then in five months after that we'll do an ikah and then two years later we'll do the civil marriage. For why? For what though? Do you know what I mean? Just do the nikah. It's two minutes. Get your people. Bring the mahar. Bring the imam. Quick, sign it, finish, khalas. Now, anything you do after that is halal. You don't have to live with each other right away. You don't have to have the financial stability. You don't have to do all those things. It takes away all of that pressure, I feel like. Nikah came to remove pressure. It removes pressure by, it's now halal, you can do whatever you need to do. You can build your empire. You can do your whole thing now. Because if you were to get pregnant, there is a base. Your child has a father, has a family, has an entire, has stability. But at the same time, it's a bit of a tricky one because at the same time, I do get it. If you're no, you've never been married before, and you know marriage, you want the wedding, you want the entire process, then it might be harder. But as somebody who has been married before, personally, I've taken away that pressure. That pressure doesn't exist for me any any longer. Now it's firstly, I'm not looking to get married. But if I was looking to get married, it, it's a Oh, totally different ball game because if I see a guy I like him and he's serious enough and I feel like he's serious enough then خلاص, let's do nikah if he turns around and goes I don't want to do nikah um 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 I don't want you mm. I think they make it also harder by mahar oh god mahar <laughs> and then it's like the women's family are asking for like 25k mahar when the guy doesn't <laughs> even like earn that much in a year mm. And um, it's unrealistic, so they get put off, and now they're not getting married because of something like mahar. There, there was a story one time. One of my friends was telling me that these two people broke up because of um, the mahar was the first thing, and then once they done the mahar, and somehow he got money and like he took out loans and stuff like that, then they fighting over the gifts. And the maha and the engagement party and stuff, mm. and then that's that broke off the whole thing. It's just so silly and stupid. We should have a mahar calculator. I'm going. I feel like if anybody who works in tech and they want to contact me and I work on this mahar calculator, <laughs> um, we call it mahar calculator app, and they calculate the mahar accordingly. And come to an agreement, and that's it. Because some women are moving mad. Mm. I want 50k mahar. What? What? Why? For what? No, and on top of that, wait, you live in a council estate. In a council estate, yeah. You have, you, your parents don't own, own a car, yeah. You've been on free school meals for your entire life, and then you're sitting here and you're saying, he must give me 50k. You're asking above, you're going over and beyond. If you want to live a good type of life, okay, live your good type of life. Ask for what sustains your life or makes it a little bit better. But you're not asking for a whole 50K. Since you're bored till, till the day, that day, you have never even used 50K in your life. 
Why are you asking for that much money? I know one girl who said that she wants the man to bring a helicopter to the Walima. She says that what she wants the helicopter to pick them up and then bring them to the Walima. <laughs> and that was like her thing. That's what she wanted. That was her mahar. And the man did it. He did it. She had the helicopter on her wedding. For what? For, for what? what? Tell me for what. For what reason? Why? Is Why? your wedding for you or for someone else? For people to see. That's why I feel like a lot of weddings have become like a show off. It's big thing to show. Oh, wow, we have money. Oh, wow, my wedding dress costs 30k. Wow, okay. So, so what? What's going to happen? After that one day, what's going to happen? After that one wedding day, you wore your dress. You wore, you bought like dinner for everyone. The dinner cost what? 40k. Mm. The flower bouquets cost 10k. Mm. For what? What's going to happen after that? And you've done this whole he needs to be financially stable and then you spend all the money during your wedding what next i'm not saying people shouldn't have weddings or people shouldn't ask for large mahal ask for what you believe is enough if you love like what really baffles me this some girls will love the guy here and be like yeah i actually really want to marry him i love him and then the mahal will be crazy high for him and they'll be crying, oh, we can't get married yet because he doesn't have the mahar. <laughs> reduce the mahar. Reduce it. It's not written on paper. You can reduce it, you know. Just because your family said he has to give 40k mahar, is he marrying your family? Oh, I want to do such an extravagant wedding. We can't afford the wedding. Oh, we took out a loan to do the wedding. We or have to we save. used the money that we were gonna we were going to buy the house with. And now we can't have a house. We have to, now we have to go live in a council estate somewhere in Hackney or something. Wait, wait, wait! Just shout out to the Hackney people. Then <laughs> we have nothing against council estates. No, just saying. I live in a know, council. I live in a council it's estate. Fine, I grew up in a really, council estate. We love trying. council estates. <laughs> but the point is, yeah, you, you you're going into a council estate. You're now trying to get benefits or whatever. Yeah, because you done this extravagant wedding for other people. And now you're unhappy because there's no self awareness and now you have no financial stability and you're arguing and you can't look at yourself and take responsibility for your actions and it's just a mess but if we went back in the past for a little bit we would see stop asking for 40k mahars stop asking asking for 60k mahar when you go to your dad and he's like all right you can marry this guy but he has to give you 30k mahar say no say it's not you don't ask, your dad doesn't ask for the mahar. It is you. You ask for the mahar. He ha- it has to be something. It's sunnah. It is needed. Okay, cool. Don't go and ask for a Rolls Royce. Don't do it. Because that Rolls Royce is not going to help you when you are arguing over something like putting the toilet seat down. The Rolls Royce is not going to come and say, you know what, because you bought me for your mahar, I'm going to help you now. No, the Rolls Royce is doing its thing. But then I want to ask, what do you think is a good mahar? Yeah, it's according to the person's financial um, situation. For example, if the guy is earning, let's say, 30k a year, you ask for 5k. That's reasonable. You can afford that. Because let's say he even doesn't have 5k, okay? He's, he doesn't have it, yeah? Yeah. With 30k, 
5k is a bit much. I get that for some people, yeah? But he can save that a few months, save in. That's fine. And also with the mahar, I think you can give it an installment. So he can give you, like, let's say 3k now, then 2k later. Yeah. The same way you pay for your phone subscription, you can pay for your mahar. It's not like, it's not, it has to be doable. I think that's the point. It has to be doable. And if you're a woman and you're so fixated on the mahar because you're like, no, this is my right, this is my right. Yes, it is your right. And you get to choose. I would love for to get married to a guy and tell and said him, you know what, my mahar is 10k, and you know what, you have to pay it, and yeah. What I would do with that money is my business, and it has nothing to do with him. Of course, I'd like to do that. It's kind of like a business transaction. I get it, but it's never been important to me. And if I told you what my mahar was, you'd you'd, you'd cry. I think there's a lot of people that face challenges um, with their family. When it comes to marriage, they face challenges even, like, going to tell them about someone. For example, because I've never been married before. I've never brought somebody home to get married to them. I've never got to that stage. I don't feel like anyone was worthy of meeting my parents, whatever that means. So I feel like there's this whole, there's going to be this whole big pressure when I do meet somebody who I, th- who I think I want to get married to. How do I bring them home to introduce them to my parents? That apart for me is scary. Because my parents have never met anyone that I've like dated or anything like that. So it's kind of like this whole big pressure of bringing this person to my family. And then it's like, also, what if they don't like him? What if then we have to fight for it? If you're a parent and you have an issue with who your child is going to marry... If you're a parent and you have an issue and you make your child feel some type of way because they want to marry someone and the only reason that you do not like that person is because of where they're from and their background and has nothing to do with hard facts and personality, then move yourself. I have no respect. I cannot respect somebody who says no to their child to complete a sunnah and complete something that completes half of your deen because of they don't like where that person is from, they don't like the back of their background, they don't like, I don't know, that they're not from the same tribe, they don't speak the same language, whatever it is, if it has nothing to do with hard facts like this guy is. He's abusive and there's there's like hard facts and like hard evidence, evidence that he is abusive and he has abused women. Then do your thing. Stop your your daughter from marrying him, or stop your son from marrying her. Like, if there's actual reasons for this person, this person is like a actual really bad liar, and people know. Then okay, stop your child from getting married to them if you think that they have bad qualities. However, if you are just saying no because this person isn't from your village, and you don't even live in your village anymore, you live in London, or you don't even you don't even speak the language of your forefathers. But you're saying, no, this person must be an Arab and you don't even speak Arabic. Remove yourself. Mm. I have no pity, no understanding for people like that. Because the fact that your daughter or your son wants to get married in the society we live in right now, you don't need to get married. There are hundreds and thousands of Muslim girls and Muslim men who are in relationships, long-term relationships, have children, are living their life, and they're not married to that other person. 
they're not, you know, that person is Christian or that person is atheist or that person is whatever. They're not married and they're living their lives. And it's so easy to do so. It's so easy to just pick yourself up and not be married and just live a life and live with your partner and do zina, everything. It's easy. So the fact that your child is coming to you, so number one, they believe that marriage is important. They're trying to do halal. Number two, they're giving you the respect. Let's remember, your parent isn't God. If you have to choose between zina and marriage, choose marriage. Whether you're because yeah, it becomes a haram yeah. relationship. Then it's haram sense. and khalas. Every time you're with this person, you're 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 doing haram. Why? Why for what? Just because your mom and dad have said no, because he's not Arab or he's not Pakistani or he's not whatever. I think this is a big big issue that parents need to deal with because this isn't actually issue our issue. You know, mm. it's not it's not us. This is an issue that parents need to figure out and parents need to come through and deal with because the question I initially asked even at the beginning of this episode which was why aren't people getting married a large percentage of it is because of families it's because of parents in-laws just family in general why do they have to make things so difficult let's say you meet a guy now it should be easy for you to take him home and say I really like him and I want to marry him because you haven't done it so many times and each time you said, actually, I changed my mind. Do you know what I mean? They should know that if you bring someone home, then you're serious about it. But because parents have this position where it's like, they can be angry, they can be aggressive, they can be upset, they can show it. You know what I mean? Like, they can put their emotions out there on show. It becomes hard. But it's sad to think, and I know so many women, so many girls are stressed they're stressed. They're like, oh my God, I need to, he, he needs to know my family. I need to introduce. I'm scared. I'm scared he's not Pakistani or I'm scared he's not Arab or I'm scared he's not specifically Syrian. Do you know what I mean? Why is there so much? Why? It's so sad. If you really think about it, it is really, really sad. Even like this person is a Muslim, but you have to feel scared to go to your family member or to go to your mum, to go to your dad because they're not. It's, it's just, it just baffles me. Yeah, and then there's the whole um, like, keeping an image when you're married uh, I, I know somebody who told me like her husband has never seen her without makeup like literally she said like I have I have a makeup bag in every room of my house and um so that if my husband comes home and, and like I'm not ready I can just quickly go to my makeup bag in that room put on the makeup make myself all dolled up for him and things I think it's important you keep that's like, sweet it's important to keep a nice image or whatever but not to the extreme point where your husband has never seen you without makeup oh, yeah. that's too much sorry that's too much he's got to see you in your natural way I think like it's good for him to see how you look like all the time not to just keep up this like glossy image but then again on the other hand, it is nice when... I feel like once you're married, you have to maintain how you look like before you were married. Like, to keep going to, let's say, um, dance classes, if you were taking up dance classes before, to keep, like, if he likes you having, let's say, um, curly hair, and you used to curl your hair every week or something... To maintain that, to curl your hair, to make your hair look nice, 
to put on makeup, to put on perfume, to do all these like little things, I think the other person notices. For example, I notice when a guy has like clean shaved or like he's got his hair cut or he's put on a different perfume and I can smell that perfume and it's like lingering there in the air. It's nice, you know? Yeah, it's definitely important to keep up your self-image. Never um, showing your husband what you look like, of course, I think is wrong. Um, I think that comes down to a lot of cultural norms. Um, a lot of Arabs believe that you need to keep up your appearances and be right at the top when it comes to your appearance as a woman. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. If you if you believe that, that's fine. If that's what you want to keep up, that's fine too. Um, as long as it's not come to the point where he doesn't know you personally and intimately because you keep putting on a face. Like, you should know what each other look like. That goes without saying. I don't think that you should fake it. Mm. You know, I think you should put some effort into it at some point because that is what you should do. And the fact that as a woman, as a man, you go out there and you see all these type of women and there's lots of women and whatever. And then you come home and then your woman's looking like, I don't know, whatever. That is not a reason for you now to be like, when I go out, all I see is this and that and you're not. No, because it's the same for women. We go out and we see men who are attractive. We see men who have certain features and look a certain way and they are good looking. You, your partner is never going to be perfect. There, it's always going to be something that's going to catch your eye. But again, it goes back to choice. You choose this person because mm. of so much more than their physical, physical appearance. Tomorrow you might wake up and you don't choose them anymore. Okay, then you deal with that if it comes. But if this person is the person you're choosing every single day, whether they look like perfect or they look like whatever and they've not been looking after themselves it comes to the fact that no one stops looking after themselves for no reason you stop looking after yourself if you get into routine and you've kind of forgotten yourself or you've you know you've ended up becoming depressed there's so much more to not caring about your outward appearance because generally I feel like all people we care about what we look like we care mm. about how people perceive us women should also be able to say the same but women should be able just the same way we tell women keep up appearances for your husband same thing should be said to the guy keep up appearances for your wife because the way you marry this man and then you wake up in the morning and the next day he's shrek <laughs> and no one wants to talk about that <laughs> but the woman has to keep up her appearances but you look mad doesn't work like that mm. should be equal another point that i wanted to say is like I don't think that there's enough, like, events out there for us to find someone, like marriage events. I've been to one before. Shambles. Shambles. <laughs> it's it's not, it's, no. There was, what, maybe thousands of men there. Wow. Did I like one? Wallahi, I didn't like one. And the way they done it was just shambles. It was not, it's, it's not, no, it's a no for me. Will I be going there again? No, put me off. Okay. I'm not going there again. Because it's, 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 I, don't, it, I don't know what it was. Sit in a circle and talk about it. Each person talks about themselves for a few seconds. Then what? Then you have a number and this person looks at this, this number and then then what? What happens after that? Is there a follow-up? Is there something else going on? No. I think there should be like a 
good event again if somebody wants to create these events let us know we, we're interested to make this happen but yeah i think there should be like a fun light-hearted like speed dating events um for like getting good to guys, know someone though. for mount there's always going to be good and bad guys good and bad girls coming to the these events yeah you can't predict who comes to these events mm. but it's like make it so big make it like something like a lot more than what it is now because i'm sorry i'm not gonna go for somebody my parents bring me this is all the school days <laughs> i'm tired of it my mom comes in into my room with her little whatsapp please look at this guy no please mom parents everybody out there who's trying to pressure your daughters and sons with these little pictures from someone no leave us Wallah, leave us qadr is qadr if if you to all those parents who are like i want my child to get married please 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 i need firstly stop guilt guilt tripping us because firstly telling us you're gonna die and then you're gonna be all by yourself is not nice saying oh i want a grandchild before i die is it my fault that allah hasn't placed a baby in that i'm not mother mary if i is it my fault that i'm not pregnant right now this second is it my fault that allah hasn't given me someone yet is it my fault that this wasn't in my destiny it is not people's fault it is not the kids fault it's not young people's fault or anyone for that matter for them not to be married but these guilt tripping that parents like to do oh i'm going to die soon and what is the point of everything i've done if you're not married is that my business on a real real level it is not your children's business there is so much healing that needs to go on within our parents' generation and people who are already married to change the whole, sh- to shift the dynamics of marriage, mm. to shift the stories we hear of marriage and to give actual, real, genuine advice and real, genuine support. There are so many people out there, marriage Muslim marriage coaches, who genuinely want people to get mm. married, have happy marriages and last. But they, there are a lot of good coaches out there. There are a lot of people who can support you through marriages. That, And you know what? Maybe it is time for us to heal, learn more about ourselves. Because maybe we don't even want to get married. Maybe deep down and truly, you don't really want to. But because everyone's talking about it and because it's just like something you see me have to do, you just think, oh, well, I have to get married. So, yeah, I just need to get married. But you don't really need to get married. There is so much more out there. You can get married. You don't need to get married if you don't want to. And if you are going to get married, work on yourself, have some self-awareness, go to people for advice. Don't just do it by yourself in your closed-off corner without telling your family, without telling your friends, without telling nobody. Go to someone who is married. Go to someone like a marriage coach. Go to someone for advice. And as Zainab said before, state your intentions from the beginning. Also, I've seen like people have a certain lifestyle that they're enjoying that's stopping them from getting married. Like, for example, if they're um let's say in their career somewhere they're really focused and they're really enjoying it marriage is not topic that's in their head I've been in that space I've been working five days a week and then for the rest of the two days a week I'm at college I'm studying I don't have time to be thinking of a guy to be thinking of marriage to be thinking thinking of a man to get married or anything I'm more focused on my career I'm more focused on like what I want to do sort of thing and then it gets to a point where 
I'm I'm now in my 30s is it too late now for me to be looking for someone because um the other day I saw um I think it was on Instagram some people had put up a post saying is it too late to be married to be looking for someone to get married in your 30s no I don't yeah. think it's too late no yeah, why should it be why should we go by society and what they think the prophet Al-Sadam's first wife Khadija was in her 40s and he was 25? Yeah. It makes no sense. It makes sense. There is no time limit on marriage. marriage. And marriage doesn't equal babies. Mm. Also, you know, just because you get married doesn't mean you, you want to have babies or you have to have babies or you need to have, have the ability to have babies. Yeah, age means nothing. You've been listening to the Tea and Converse podcast. I'm Shakira Sabira. And I'm Zainab. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a new convo. And you bring the team.